0: Welcome back, everybody, for another round of College Football DFS. And this is a big week. We are back uh, full throttle this weekend. So we have week one. Uh, the majority of teams are playing by now. Uh, we'll see. We've got a few different slates to hit on. Uh, on this show, I am going to touch on Thursday specifically. Um, I believe it's an 11-game slate we have here on DraftKings. Um And then we're going to pump out another episode later this week to touch on Saturday's slate. So Thursday really kicks off in a big way. We've got some major teams finally kicking off and playing. Uh, Still a few lopsided matchups, which I think for DFS purposes is something we have to take into account. And I think, um, you know, one of the things not to get pulled into is uh, playing some of these games that are going to be like the national televised games, the big games, because we're watching it. We want to have action. But that's not always the best DFS or fantasy case. So I'm going to touch on that a little bit here. Um, kind of just giving a high level overview of some of the games here on Thursday night. We have Ball State visiting Tennessee. The Balls are 33 and a half point favorites. Central Michigan is going to Oklahoma State, who is almost a three touchdown favorite. Uh, West Virginia at Pitt. This is a really interesting matchup with two new quarterbacks and some familiar faces that most of you have heard of. Um, we then go South Carolina State is at UCF, VMI at Wake Forest, Louisiana Tech at Mizzou, Penn State at Purdue, which I think is going to be an awesome game. Eastern Illinois is at Northern Illinois, New Mexico State at Minnesota, who's a 36 and a half point favorite. Uh, if you watch New Mexico State play uh, Saturday night versus Nevada, Um, yeah, I understand why Minnesota is a 36 and a half point favorite and then Northern Arizona at Arizona state. And we wrap up with Cal Poly at Fresno. So touching kind of here, um, I I think as far as the format and just touching on some of my favorite stacks and then a few other stacks you can consider from a quarterback receiving standpoint. Uh, and then I'll get into running backs and then some one-off wide receivers that I do like. So starting here, um. I think the one stack that's probably going to be fairly chalky, but rightfully so, is Tennessee. Um, I think you have to consider getting some action in on this team. Uh, they're a huge favorite. Again, 33 and a half point favorites over Ball State. Tennessee is at home. Uh, they've, you know, they lost a few guys uh, with Belas Jones and some people like that, but they are going to be really strong again this year. They've got uh brew McCoy, which I feel like at this point has played for every power five team uh, in the country, but we'll see what he can add to the balls after being ruled eligible last week. Um, but yeah, Tennessee is going to be pretty chalky, but again, rightfully so you've got Hendon hooker at 8,900 dual threat guy. He is projected, I believe the highest on the slate uh, in terms of just pure points, point value. So Again, rightfully so, Chalky. Cedric Tillman is his number one receiver at 8,500. You got Jalen Hyatt at 5,500, which I think is a really good value here for him. And then Brew McCoy at 4,000. Very curious to see Brew McCoy's um, ownership. I'm curious to see what his role is going to be for this Tennessee team. Again, this is a kid that had all the hype coming out of high school, went to Texas, USC. Maybe back to Texas. I don't really remember, but he's been all over the place. Um, and the hype has been there. So we'll see if he can find a role here in this offense. Um, a lot of people seem to think this could be it. So at 4,000, he may be worth taking a few shots on. But again, if I get word that he's going to be massive, massive chalk, I don't know about that at 4,000, with just such a big slate and so many guys here. Um, but Brew McCoy, you know, definitely in play for Tennessee, I think. Um Moving on to another stack I do really like is Jake Hayner, 9,100 for Fresno State. He's got his number one receiver back in Jalen Cropper at 8,300 and Josh Kelly back at 6,800. So this trio here, these three guys, I think are going to be prime for a really, really big year. Jake Hayner came back to school. Um, he was actually, I believe, enrolled in Washington. Um, and then they have Jeff Tefford come back to Fresno State, I believe. Um, and get this team back focused. Um, look, Jake Hainer is going to make a case for trying to be one of the top quarterbacks off the board in the NFL draft next year. Um, he's got a lot of talk and a lot of hype out here on the West Coast. Um, I know they're he's going to want to give a good showing. He's got USC here in a few weeks. So this Fresno team should blow Cal Poly out of the water. Hopefully he gets, you know, a good three quarters is what we typically hope for in these blowouts. But you could very easily see Hainer here go, four or five touchdowns passing, in which case he hits value anyways, whether that's, you know, in a half or in all four quarters. doesn't really matter as much as we'd love Cal Poly to keep it kind of close. I still think Hayner's a really good play here. Um, After that, we go Aiden O'Connell. This is going to be a really interesting one. So I like Aiden O'Connell from a quarterback perspective. Purdue, they've got – the last couple of years, they've had a pretty explosive offense – I know they've lost a few guys uh, into the draft last year. I think currently they're a three and a half point dog to Penn State. Uh, My only fear in this game is Penn State is, I think, a little underrated to start the year. Um, If their defense comes to play and they can run the ball, it could slow down the the tempo of this this game. But Aiden O'Connell at 6,100 is a really good QB2 option, I think, for your lineups. He's got Tyrone Tracy, Brock Thompson, who's healthy again. T.J. Sheffield and Mershon Rice, uh, all those guys. The other reason I like them is this entire stack, whether you go two guys, three guys is really cheap. So you can easily fit in a Hendon Hooker Tillman, bring it back with a Purdue stack and then still probably get one of the top running backs in the slate. So I think it's a really interesting stack. Again, Penn State, um, you know, I think they're underrated. I think they're a good football team. They are the favorite here. Um, this game's at Penn state, which is also a little bit of a negative, but in O'Connell is kind of an interesting play at 6,100 to keep an eye on. Um, moving on. I think the next guy that you have to consider is Spencer Sanders, 7,800. He returns to school with Brennan Presley at 7,000 as his top receiving option this year. Jaden Bray is at 5,800 and Rashad Owens at 4,700. Those seem to be the main guys in the fold here for Oklahoma state. Uh, Oklahoma state did lose their running back Jalen Warren. So, you know, we'll see with a, a, a veteran quarterback if they let it fly a little bit more through the air. Um, Spencer Sanders last year had some really good games and definitely hit value and, you know, possibly help people take down some tournaments. So I think he's a pretty strong play. 7,800, not too steep in terms of price, but, you know, he's definitely an option I think you have to consider. Central Michigan should be able to keep this fairly competitive and not be, you know, a 40, 50 point blowout here, which is another reason why I like him. He should get all four quarters in this game. Um, you know, they should still win They're, I think a 20 or 21 point favorite we said. Um, so yeah, I think Spencer Sanders and Oklahoma state, uh, is a pretty good stack here to to kick things off. Moving on to a few stacks that probably aren't a top consideration for me, but I will have exposure for sure. Uh, Emory Jones for Arizona state, uh, 8,400 is a transfer from Florida. You've got Elijah Badger, Cam Johnson, Andre Johnson. I think they have a few good options here in the desert for Arizona state. Um, When you look at this team, you know, again, they don't have really a main big name receiver or target. I guess Andre Johnson would probably be the number one guy, but they've got a few guys that can do some damage and they should absolutely smoke Northern Arizona. So whether or not we play Arizona state a lot this year, especially in the passing game, that's up for debate. But I think here in week one where Arizona state should blow these guys out. This is a really interesting opportunity and possibly a way to get a little bit different here on the slate. Moving on, Sean Clifford, Penn State. We talked about it from the Purdue side of it. Look, Clifford's fine. He he is not going to be a top draft pick. He is not a top quarterback in college football. But at sixty five hundred with Parker Washington and Mitchell Tensley, I think that's a pretty decent stack if you want to bring it back with them. Um, if you're playing Purdue and game stack that, I don't think this game's going to shoot out. It definitely is a 52 and a half over under. So not projected to be a top one, but I think there's worse spots you could go as well. So, you know, again, Sean Clifford, a veteran, he's healthy. That was always his issue. I feel like last year, they should have a little bit better of a running game and hopefully the team trusts him a little bit more coming back in that veteran role. So the last quarterback that I'll kind of touch on here that I have some interest in is John Reese Plumley. So he is down in central Florida, uh, taking the reins there. He's got some dual threat ability, being able to run and pass. You've got Ryan O'Keefe is, and Kobe Hudson as his main receiving options with Kamara Gamble coming in in the number three hole, I believe, uh, for Central Florida. So I think these guys, they're big favorites. They should get out to a hot start. And, and again, another blowout situation here, but could be a really interesting stack here that maybe not a lot of people are on. But I think Plumlee is kind of interesting. Uh, in this spot, he is not projected, which is kind of interesting for a ton of DraftKings points here. I think he's hovering right around the 20 points mark. So, yeah, when you look at it and you have Hendon Hooker hanging around 40 points, that's not ideal. But again, you know, I think this is a way that this team could absolutely smash in this spot. And you have a guy that's low owned all of a sudden now sky, skyrocketing up the board. So a little bit of under under the radar option uh, there to kind of round things out at the quarterback stack options. Um, moving on to running back, kind of touching on a few guys. Look, Muhammad Ibrahim's the number one uh, running back on the slate. He's the most expensive, probably rightfully. So he plays New Mexico state, which is just dreadful. Um, Nevada took it, took him to the woodshed a little bit last weekend. Their quarterback turned the ball over a ton and we know, uh, Muhammad's going to get the totes. So he is going to get the rock a lot in this offense. Um, If New Mexico State can keep it somewhat of a ball game, we could see 30 touches here from Ibrahim. We know that's what Minnesota wants to do. 9,500 is a lot, but he is going to be the most reliable and probably safest back on this slate for sure. Next up, we have Central Michigan. So this is the most interesting play of the slate, in my opinion. I love sweet Lou Nichols. This guy won me quite a bit of money last year in fantasy. He is awesome for Central Michigan but they go up against Oklahoma state who last year had a top flight defense. They lost some guys. So changes were made on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know how good they're going to be. But you know, when you're playing a good defense, typically catching them early on could be a good thing. Um, And I think 7,000 is just way too cheap for this guy. He is going to be 8,000 plus on most slates that we see this year. Um, He's going to probably be up there with the Ibrahims and stuff like that. So Get him while he's cheap, I guess. Uh, but the matchup is tough. So, you know, you're kind of rolling the dice here, but this is a guy that has definitely 25, 30 point upside at 7,000. So he's an interesting play. Uh, Tennessee, Jabari Small leads the backfield at 7,500. We talked about Tennessee already. They should steamroll Ball State here. So Small is a really good play. Oklahoma State, you got Dominic Richardson, it sounds like, taking the reins at 7,200. He's, I think, in a pretty good spot here versus Central Michigan. Probably my favorite duo, I think, of the slate, though, is Xavier Valade at 6,200 and Daniel Nada at 49 for Arizona State. So both of these backs are going to split carries. I don't mind that. We talked about it last week with Florida State. Florida State had three guys go over 100 yards and I think two, if not all three, of them scored touchdowns and got into the box. So I think both of these guys are very much playable. I could see Arizona State just absolutely ramming it down their throat. Um And again, both of these guys could very well go over 100 yards and score a touchdown. Not not a problem whatsoever. You could even put both these guys in the same lineup, in my opinion. So Arizona State's backfield with Valaday and Nada are my two favorites. You've got Elijah Young below that. Um, He should be leading the backfield uh, for Mizzou with with Pete, who's the transfer from Stanford, dealing with some soft tissue injuries. There's some doubt that Pete will even play in this game. If that's the case, Elijah Young at 5,800 becomes a pretty good play. Moving down from there, West Virginia has Tony Mathis returning with Letty Brown gone. Tony Mathis is now the dude uh, for the Mountaineers. Um, this is a good game, uh, you know, versus Pitt. Pitt is tough. They're going to play good, sound football. Last year, their defense was just okay, and I think Tony Mathis could definitely be an interesting play on this slate for 5,500, a guy who's the Cow starter for them. I like him a lot this week. And then Penn State, <clears throat> look, you've got KB on Lee, 5,900, who's the starter, but I think the guy to keep an eye on is Nicholas Singleton at 4,700. It's uh, a top flight recruit coming to Penn State. Penn State just had another running back transfer out uh, to Florida State this week. I think they only have four guys on their roster, or their scholarship running backs. So Nick Singleton's going to get touches. No doubt about it. I don't know how much. I don't know what his workload's going to be. But not quite the same situation. But it could be similar to last year what we saw with Travion Henderson where You know, he started in kind of a a split backfield with two other guys. And by about week five, it was very clear that uh, Travion Henderson was the number one guy in Ohio State. I think Nick Singleton could be that guy for Penn State. Um, All reports are he looks great in camp. He's got home run hitting ability where the other two guys are a little bit more of the ground to pound between the tackles. So Nick Singleton could be your home run hitter at 4,700 on the slate. Some one-off receivers that I like. A.T. Perry for Wake Forest. Look, Wake Forest is really interesting on this slate. They play DMI, who's absolutely terrible. I know I haven't touched touched on these guys yet. I'm really concerned about Wake Forest's quarterback. Uh, We have, obviously, the backup Mitch Griffiths is going to be playing. Um, He looked really bad uh, last year when he did play. Um, So, I don't know, man. I think he's okay to play this week. He's 8,800 is my concern. So I don't really want to put all my eggs in that basket. Um, I don't really know what to do in this situation. I'm probably going to get a little bit of exposure to Wake Forest just because their offense is dynamic. But Mitch Griff scares me. Uh, I'll be honest here. Uh, I don't even care who he's playing against. But A.T. Perry is absolutely legit. I don't think you have to worry about that. He's going to get the targets. He's going to get the touches. You've also got Donovan Green there uh, for Wake Forest. And I think there's one other guy. Give me one second. Uh, Taylor Morin. Yeah. So they've got some dudes, man. This receiving core is awesome. It's a real bummer um, that Wake Forest is going to be missing um, Sam Hartman to start the year, who is one of the best quarterbacks in college football last year. I hope he gets better quickly and can return to the field because he's a lot of fun to watch. If Sam Hartman was playing in this game, it's a no brainer lock this group in for a top stack. But at this point, I'm just a little bit nervous at the quarterback position. So AT Perry, I'll have some exposure to same with the other receivers for Wake Forest. But I just don't know, man, Uh, the quarterback position just makes me a little bit uneasy. Uh, Two other guys, uh, Conta Mumfield and Jaden Bradley for Pitt, uh, both projected to be pretty solid. They've got Keaton Slovis pulling the trigger at quarterback now um, for Pittsburgh. So they're replacing Kenny Pickett out there. You know, There's a lot of turnover in that program, especially on the offensive side of the ball. West Virginia is not terrible. So I don't really know about a full game stack for those two teams. I think it's going to be one of those games I mentioned at the very, very top of the show where it's a better game than it is a DFS game, but keep an eye on it. Feel free to get some exposure to those guys. Um, I think they're cheap enough. I think you could squeeze them in. Um, and that game could have some lightning to it, but not really like where I'm going to just put all my chips into that basket. So that's pretty much it for Thursday slate. Uh, make sure you give us a subscribe, uh, hit a thumbs up, drop me a comment. Um, I was interacting with some guys last weekend. It was awesome. They were dropping some plays in the comments that maybe I missed. Um, Which is great. Uh, Definitely feel free to put that in there. Let's get a conversation going. And again, I will be back later this week with Saturday's slate breakdown. Till then, talk to y'all later.